Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's December 22nd, 1882, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. The tradition of bringing trees into our homes at Christmas and festooning them with candles and then setting those candles on fire must have long seemed ripe for a bit of health and safety reconsideration. And so it was on this day in 1882 when Edward Johnson, the vice president of the Edison Electric Light Company, proudly unveiled the first ever string of electric lights for a Christmas tree. Yes, and thank you for giving us his business card designation there, Ari. And he was <laughs> vice president of the Edison Electric Light Company. But I think more accurately, he could be said to be Edison's showman Mm. like that's what he did Edison presented himself as the serious scientist who discovered lots of things to do with electricity Johnson was like his ringmaster gather ye round look at this in 1877 after Edison invented the phonograph Johnson took the machine on tour which I guess would be a bit like watching a DJ set now, which I'm always very underwhelmed by because they're just playing records. But then I suppose it would have been very exciting. And that was his thing. So like he came up with a promotional idea. Edison had strung a few lights together in 1880 during the Christmas season and hung them outside his lab in Menlo Park, New Jersey. But how can I make this into an event? How can I excite the general public? Yeah, and Johnson was kind of cognizant of the fact that the public were starting to expect a little bit more from their light displays. I mean, it was only a few years since Edison had actually invented the light bulb, but mm. two years before... Old news. Yeah, we'll well, exactly. One now. You can see the, the shift because in 1880, so just two years before the, the Christmas light display, a New York Times reporter had gone to Edison's Menlo Park HQ and described basically the majesty of having electric lights there there was yeah. an, there was electric lighting to light the way from the train station to the factory and i mean the reporter felt it necessary to mention that the electric lights shone steadily and without the least painful glare <laughs> so like people were bamboozled by the sight of a light but already 2 years later johnson was recognizing the fact that people now needed to see something else but when you read the description of the tree it does actually sound very cool because not only did it have different coloured light bulbs that lit up at different times. They were like red, white and blue. Red, white and blue, the showman is what I'm saying. But it was also on an electrically operated crank, which meant it revolved as well, which Mm. is like... Our Christmas trees still don't revolve. Right. But don't you think that that was him not quite backing himself in the invention he had just come up with? He was like, what else can I make it do? And it revolves. <laughs> no, no, don't go away. Yeah. Wait till you see what else it does. It's funny reading that description, actually, which came from the Detroit Post and Tribune. It took a couple of years before the New York Times was interested in this, even though it was in New York. But uh, W.A. Crawford, the writer for the Detroit Post and Tribune, said... It was brilliantly lighted, with 80 lights in all, encased in these dainty glass eggs. It's interesting, isn't it? You've never seen a Christmas light before. How do you describe it? Dainty glass egg. And about equally divided between white, red and blue. One can hardly imagine anything prettier. And then he described 
each as large as an English walnut. The bigness of walnuts again being used as a measuring metric, much as it was for Thomas Harriet when he first described a potato. Yeah, weird. But, you know, you would actually have to big them up quite a lot with fairly florid descriptions if you wanted to get anyone to buy them because they weren't cheap. Mm. In 1900, a good, you know, eight years later, if you wanted to buy a 16-bulb string of Christmas lights... In red, it, white and blue. In red, white and blue. With a rotating tree panel, please. Well, I don't know if... <laughs> I, I can't speak for what the price of that all would have come to, but apparently it would have been $12 for your, your bog-standard 16-bulb string, which would have been 350 bucks in today's money, or about wow. 260 pounds. So, you know, that's a lot of money to spend on an ornament that you're just going to, you know, have on your Christmas decorations. That's a lot of money to spend on a gaudy <laughs> trinket to enter. Time juvenile brains. <laughs> the prices of electricity at the time were economically out of reach to the masses. This was the same year that Edison had opened his first commercial power station in New York, and it supplied a handful of uber wealthy New Yorkers like J.P. Morgan with what we would consider a comparatively small amount of electricity at astronomical prices. But there's another reason that a lot of people would have just preferred to read about electric Christmas lights rather than have them, and that was that electricity was still relatively new, uh, and it was widely feared as dangerous and unpredictable, which, mm. to be fair, it was in comparison to electricity supplies today. Well, yeah, but not in comparison to candles. <laughs> Lighting your tree top. on that's fire. Right. So that's the thing. So people were sceptical about electricity. They thought dangerous vapours would seep through their homes, through the lights and the wires. Although, in fairness, you would need a professional wireman to install anything, so they didn't know how electricity worked. A professional wireman. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I think you might them. still need a professional wireman. <laughs> um, but the alternative... For centuries before that was putting a candle on a tree. I know that it wasn't until the 1870s in America that fresh cut trees were being sold to go in people's homes. So the trend had only been around really for a couple of decades in the States. But there are documented references to having a lit tree from around 1660. And for all of those centuries, the trees were routinely decorated with real candles, lighting a fire on resin-rich flammable wood inside your home. And there still is an appeal to having candles on a tree. You know, if you go to someone's house and they put candles on and light them, it still does have a sort of ye olde romance that you can imagine that at the time when electricity felt like a threat in and of itself, that it would have felt nice to still have that sort of a traditional element in your home. Have you actually seen that then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my godparents do like proper candles on the tree and it's do really they? nice. Yeah. How do lovely. they clip them on? With clips that do sag a little bit and so you have to sort of put them in. There's a there's a tension between putting them into the bits of the branch that will support them yeah. and not and catching the fire. And above them. Yeah, 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 so that they don't sort of light a fire. But I suppose because you're just lighting them for a very short period to sort of all marvel at them and maybe sing a song or two. Right. Well, um, this is the thing that I think the modern day candle lighter fails to understand is apparently in the old days people would yeah like sing a song literally three minutes and then blow it out maybe 30 minutes tops right you know you type candles on a christmas tree into google now and it's just loads of stories of like pensioners getting smoke inhalation and being shipped off to hospital (laughs) because they've just replaced their electric lights with candles most families that did uh, light candles on their christmas tree would keep a bucket of water beside the tree just in case (laughs) the old-fashioned romance of a traditional christmas not not well advised with the electric alternative one of the reasons that electric lights and i'm talking here about as decorations not as the essential things we all used to see caught on is because general electric were unable to copyright their pre-assembled lights in the 1920s because the product was based on knowledge that an ordinary wireman arian there's that word again <laughs> wow, that's the word they use 
that an ordinary wireman possessed. That was the verdict of the patent application uh, judge. <laughs> I don't know who about them. Judging man. Yeah. <laughs> Ruled in favour of the wire man. Uh, that was their verdict. So, like, so General Electric couldn't copyright it. So anyone could make electric lights, which meant they were much more popular because they were cheaper because there was competition. Mm. And then they became so cheap, like we have now, that actually they got repurposed the same invention as Halloween lights in mm. orange and mm-hmm. Valentine's lights in red. You know, Edison didn't actually invent the light bulb, but it was kind of the confluence of a bunch of the tech that he did either develop or perfect that created an electric light bulb that was serviceable with Johnson's ability to market it in intelligent ways like this. But when you think about some of the things that like Edison was doing that didn't work, apparently he also patented a, an early version of Tupperware. Electric Tupperware? Not electric. Just, oh, just, he just was the, like wow. a guy with heaps of ideas and he threw them out there and had That's thousands so of patents. That's so interesting, isn't it? Like no one's interested in what Edison did that wasn't electric. No, quite. Yeah. I'd written a great waltz. Don't care, mate. Electric. Yeah. <laughs> That's your thing. (laughs) But he was also working on this thing that some people called the spirit phone, sort of towards the end of his life, when he got interested in the idea of being able to contact the dead. And so he thought he had invented this device that was able to pick up some sort of frequency that was tapping into um, some sort of spiritual realm. Wow. In the end, it really wasn't. But he had these sort of like some loony ideas as well as his good ones. That's fascinating, isn't it, for a scientist and a technologist? Like, you'd think on some level he'd know that he was lying to himself. Yeah. yeah. But this was around the time, I guess, though, when spiritualism was, like, really, really hot. This is and true. a lot of people thought as well that science had progressed so far that we were, like, just a hair's breadth away from contacting the yeah. other world. Yeah. One of the other cool things that he invented, which... Uh, would have been useful had he actually managed to get in touch with the spirit world was saying hello on the telephone apparently prior to that people used to use phrases like do i get you or are you there but he came up with the idea of saying hello which I'm was not, more I'm convenient i'm not accepting this i'm yeah. sorry i'm not well, having this apparently people say hello <laughs> thomas edison did not no, 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 he popularized like, no 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 it was one hello of, is what you say when you see someone no it wasn't it though really wasn't. because what hello, are you talking about uh, because hello is an expression of surprise like when you say well, I was about Uh, to say, yeah, yeah, they say, hello, who's this? And actually, actually, simultaneously, Alexander Graham Bell had an idea of what he thought people should say to one another, which was, ahoy. Ahoy. (laughs) Yep. That was his preferred phrase. And I'm just sad that, you know, Adele's number (laughs) wasn't (laughs) named after that fun phrase. If she was using Edison's phone, it could have been ahoy from the other side, couldn't Uh it? (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow. Because in the poem, Santa is miniature, which solves the puzzle of how he's going up and down all those chimneys. (laughs) Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.